I'm now delighted to be joined by the Chairman of the New Zealand Darts Council, Mr Bob Wilson. How are you, Bob? Very well, thank you, Andrew. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, and obviously you are on because New Zealand is going to be the, the host country for the first WDF ranked event of this year. But before we talk about that, how did you yourself first get into darts? Well, I've actually been involved in darts for about 40, 47 years. Started off as a junior, played the game, but was never really very good at the game. So uh, played at national level for a, for a few years. And then I thought, um, I like the organising side of things. And uh, I was at a nationals once and I was watching how the, the uh, council were organising their tournament. And I thought, now yeah, I could probably do that. So I thought I'd give that a go. And when I stood for the council, uh, it's probably 20 odd years ago now, um, I didn't get on the first time, and which is normal, a common thing. So uh, I thought I'd stand again three years later and got on, and I've been on there ever since. Uh, chairman come about because um, four years ago our chairman sadly passed away at the time, and uh, I was the next one that was voted on. So here I am now, chairman of the New Zealand Dark Council. Mm. So when you did actually get on the council the first time, what, what role did you initially have? I was just an executive member. Uh, on the New Zealand Dark Council, we have we have a chairman, a secretary, and there's five executives. And uh, so you start off as the executive member, and then, yeah, uh, when our chairman, previous chairman passed away, I was voted on by the board. So, yeah, that's how I got there. So, yeah, you always start at the bottom, and uh, if you're interested, you try and get to the top. So, I mean, in your role as chairman, what exactly are you responsible for? Well, responsible for um, basically organising the New Zealand Dark Council um, for their calendars, for their tournaments. Um, we travel around, um, you know, associate, affiliating at tournaments, helping run them, uh, making decisions and, you know, making sure that the darts in New Zealand is played, uh, how the... Uh, people want it to be played and you know it's a, it's a great role and it's something that's new to me I've never been at that side of it before but it's something that you always learn and grow into so yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying it I have a good executive which uh, which makes it um, more more interesting and uh, helpful you know great secretary great executive and uh, of course I'm only the man at the top that makes some of the decisions every now and then <laughs> and uh, do you still play yourself at all uh, no, not particularly, not really. Maybe at the local club level, but uh, every now and then. But no, we're uh, doing uh, doing this role and, and working full time is, you know, you don't really get much time to play darts. So, no, I just basically stick to the council side of it, and uh, that's as far as my darts interest goes now is in playing it. Yeah. Mm. And you're sort of approaching normality now in New Zealand from the pandemic. Um, but how, how has the last sort of year? impacted you personally? Uh, well, I think it's impacted. It's not only impacted me personally, but I think it's impacted everybody. Um, as far as the dart side of it goes, you know, basically we've had, uh, what, nearly six months of, of nothing. And, um, you know, we tried to do our best at the time, and, and uh-huh. it's just one of those things. The, the, the funny thing was at the time, I was actually on holiday when, when uh, the lockdown happened, and uh, I was actually touring around the country uh, going into local data associations, uh, making visits here and there, but that got cut short with the pandemic. But as far as the impact of the game goes, I think um, 
it's personally for us as a council, it hasn't really affected us too much. But the players have certainly lost, you know, basically six to twelve months of darts, you know, high high end competition darts. So it's more them that's missed out than the, the council side of it. And when we come out of lockdown, we we had challenges, and, and we decided, you know, things. What can we do to help these players and associations out in the dart level? So you know, we come up with a few initiatives just to help them out a little bit. So yeah, uh, but as far as council goes, no, it didn't really affect us too much. Hmm. And I mean. What sort of financial impact did it have on the organisation? Not a great deal at the time because we, we weren't spending anything. But the problem with that is we weren't getting anything in either. So, mm. um, you know, we had good sponsorship and, and uh, you know, the, the darts on the tally, um, which kept going for, for a bit of the time, you know, that kept us interested. And, yeah, financially, no, it didn't really hurt us too much. So we were lucky in that respect. You know, we got funding from the... New Zealand, and that sort of helps along a little bit. So, yeah, uh, financially, no, it wasn't really too much of an issue. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned some initiatives there for, for the local associations and the players. Can you talk me through what those initiatives look like? Yeah, well, last year in, in the pandemic, like we have a subscription fee to the New Zealand Dart Council that every Dart player pays uh, in their local organisation. You know, throughout New Zealand, we have 47, 48 associations, and out of those 48 associations we cut into 16 regions and you know we you know some of them struggle and, and some of them haven't got big memberships so we decided you know last year we thought we'd just cut the membership in half you know just to because they weren't getting the full 12 months of darts so we cut the membership in half and over the time you know we've we've tried to help them out as much as we can we've incentives we've given them you know um, cost reductions and memberships and stuff like that just to help them along so uh, whether it uh, whether they, I'm sure they appreciated it, but um, um, you know, it's just something that we keep thinking about all the time because theoretically they are our bread and butter, and uh, that's what keeps the council going, those players and associations. So, you know, it's good to help them out as much as we can. Hmm. Having seen that those players have lost six to twelve months of, of competition, as you said, did that make it all the more important to get you know events running this year, even if they didn't have the, the WDF points? Yeah, yep, yeah, certainly. And um, the WD points, is, it's just been a bit of a shame that uh, this has happened and it's good to actually start getting them back on board now. You know, our first ranking tournament of the year, it attracted the, probably the biggest entries we've had. Um, you know, the Canterbury Classic played in February. It probably was, the, we had 90-odd men and, and 20, 30-odd women, which, uh, which is quite up there. And I think what happened was people are just wanting to get back and play darts, you know. It's fun having the online darts, but you know not everybody can play that. But everybody can get to the local hall and have a good game of darts. So our first ranking tournament of the year, which eventually didn't have WD for ranking points, probably attracted the most competitors uh, at one of those tournaments we've had. So strange. But then when we moved on to the next one, you know the numbers sort of dwindled because our top players they didn't really know where they were at with you know what they were trying to to achieve and where they were trying to get to. So now that the WDF started the ranking points up again, uh, it'll be good. So hopefully we'll get all these top players getting back around the, uh, the country into these tournaments again. In terms of those three events you've run, you know, the one name that stood out, certainly from, from my view, is Ben Robb, who has been producing some fantastic stuff this year. Like, how, how do you assess his abilities as a player? Oh, look, he has great potential. 
there's no no two ways about it. Uh, you know, and I'm hoping that he think he looks at it as though the New Zealand Art Council kicked that off because in 2018 we picked him to go to our Asia Pacific Cup for our Asia Pacific Cup team to Korea, and uh, you know every tournament that he played in over there, the Korean Open, he was runner up. And the uh, Asia-Pacific singles, he was runner-up. And the peers, he was runner-up. So um, the potential's always been there. So I hope that sort of kicked him off to get into the, to the, to the limelight thing. The trouble with players in our country is geographically we're challenged. And uh, for Ben to continue, you know, um, he may be good enough in New Zealand and Australia, but it's getting him to that next level. And uh, that's the challenge. And, you know, he's to do that... You know, you watch the darts on telly now, you know, they're averaging 90 to 100. Uh, you know, that's starting to get insane. And, you know, whether you know whether our players down here would be able to cope with that, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, Ben Rob, yeah, certainly a good player. You know, like, he's one of them. He's been around. But, you know, we have a lot of other players in this country too. Like, last World Cup, WDF World Cup, we come away with the World Cup champion and Darren Heroinian, you know, Potentially, he he has just as good a potential as Ben. But as I said, geographically, we are challenged down in New Zealand. So, yeah, it's just interesting to see where that goes. And are there are there issues of, of geography within the country with you know North Island, South Island? Are players travelling around, or do players tend to play all the events in the country? Oh, you'll find the top players that are chasing the ranking points. They'll they'll travel all around the place, um, and which is good. You know, like we don't get. Our ladies is where our challenge is. We don't get many ladies, but at our ranking tournaments, we get all the top ladies, which makes it very good. And, you know, our top lady at the moment, um, Wendy Harper, she, she will travel to most of the tournaments. Um, you know, Joe Steed, she's another one. She lives in the far north of the North Island, but, you know, they go down as far south as in the South Island to play. So, uh, geographically in New Zealand, it's not too bad. A lot of those top players have sponsorships and stuff like that. It's for them, it's just getting the next level of player into those tournaments uh, is where we'd like to get to because, you know, as I say, people out there, there's a lot of people out there with potential that probably don't really know it and uh, getting them in to play the game in our all in our ranking tournaments is a good stepping stone for them to actually see where they're at. So, But as far as getting our top players around, no, we don't have much issue there. They, they normally support all the top tournaments and, you know, with now the WDF coming back on board with their ranking points, uh, I'm sure we'll start seeing these top players travel around New Zealand again. Yeah, definitely. You talk about sort of that, you know, you have issues attracting the, the, the women to play. How do you compete for the young players as well? Because obviously New Zealand takes its sport incredibly seriously. Yeah, we do. And then our young players, of course, like darts as a family. Like if their mum and dad plays, you normally get the kids come along and play. The challenge for, I'm sure, for any junior club throughout the world is keeping the juniors playing. You know, when they get to that certain age and they start going out, meeting girls, meeting boys, and boys meeting girls, or whatever <laughs> that avenue goes for them. But, you know, it's keeping them in the game. And I'm sure all sports have the same issue. So we run a New Zealand Junior Championships, which is actually coming up in um, July, a couple of months away. So, uh, yeah, we run that. We normally get 150, maybe a couple of hundred juniors there. So, yeah, but the challenge is keeping them in the game. And, as kids get older, they sort of tend to go in different directions and then uh, maybe come back when in their early 20s. But the good ones will stick around and, um, you know, 
keep keep at it as long as your mum and dad are still there. They will, yeah. You mentioned it or alluded to it a couple of times. The the Canterbury Open on the sixth of June will be the first WDF event of this year and the first one in fifteen months, more or less. Is there a pride for you that it's going to be New Zealand that are going to be getting the ball rolling this year? Oh, sure. Anything that New Zealand's here of everybody else in the world is certainly a pride. And, you know, being a part of that, being the chairman of, of the board, and you know, I'll certainly be there. There's no two ways about it. I haven't missed one in Canterbury for a long time. So um, we'll be there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And it's, look, the dealings we've had with the WDF over their new ranking tournament system, um, it's been first class. And, you know, and they haven't just gone off their back and done it done it themselves they've um, involved every member uh, unit for the WDF and you know we've had various uh, Skype calls with uh, Nick Rolls and and little uh, Richard Ashton and and that. so they've kept us involved and um, it's been great and and now we know where we are now with the World Cup that, that, that won't be going ahead this year that they've got some smart operators now the WDF and uh, it's good to see, very good to see. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's clear you guys are supporting the WDF system as well because I think I counted you've got eight ranking events on their calendar for the rest of this year. So that's going to be a lot of opportunities for your players to pick up points and hopefully get spots at the World Masters. Yeah, that, that, that's the aim. And, and, you know, I'm sure that the top players now will realise that. And uh, getting getting to the World Masters could be the big... Um, you know, that, that will give them the opportunity to something to strive for. And, uh, yeah, look, as I said, the WDF, the DR doing the right thing. You know, they're, they're getting to be stronger organisation now. So, uh, no, that's good. And, you know, being in New Zealand, we having the first ranking point system uh, for the year. It's, a, it's, a, it's very good. And you know, hopefully it's, uh, the players will uh, appreciate what's going on and, and start supporting now, which is what we hope for. Hmm. I mean... Going to the World Masters, do you foresee that might be a problem for the New Zealanders, given the the travel restrictions that I understand are currently in place? Yeah, at the, at the current point in time, it will be a big problem. What happens in six months' time, I'm not quite sure. But you know, um, with the uh, with the uh, jabs now that people can get, I'm not quite sure where that leaves us when we come back to the country. So you know, the isolation side of things would be the turn-off, I would imagine, at the moment. But, hey, we'll leave that up to the individual who qualifies. Um, you know, we won't make that decision for them if, if they want to go and, and represent us. We'll support them in every way we can. But uh, whether they take that challenge up because of the restrictions getting back into the country, I'm not quite sure. So, yeah, at the time, we'll see how we go. And uh, whoever qualifies, we'll leave it up for them to make that decision. And for, for the events you've run this year and the, the Canterbury Open in a couple of weeks' time, Will you have to have any, you know, COVID protocols in place for the players? Um, not, not now. Like New Zealand is, uh, I think, it's led the way in the world for COVID. Um, you know, we're, we're basically we can do what we like over here now. So, uh, you know, we still have to do the COVID tracing and, and stuff like that. And you know, we're always on alert um, to make sure that uh, nothing gets happens again within the country because you know we've been it we have been in and out of lockdown a few times since and um but at the moment no we're free to go around all, all the country and 
there is no restrictions as, at the moment. So hopefully it stays like that. And uh, you know, we're great now, great friends now with Australia now. So now you know able to go over there and come back without having to isolate. So things are starting to look up. But as far as the players go, they know they know what the system is now. So. You know, we just take it as it comes, and uh, hopefully we just stay in the situation we are at, which is a uh, freedom in this country. Yeah. I mean, you guys have certainly done a, a far better job of things than we have over here in the UK, so... Uh. Yeah, well, the, the thing with New Zealand is, though, it's, it's a lot easier to shut down, hmm. you know, um, whereas over your way, you know, you've got people coming from all, all areas, but New Zealand is quite a... It's geographically, it's, it's been quite an easy task. It's just... Um, uh, you know, hats off to the government that what they put in place. Uh, you know, a lot of people have, whether it's been right, whether it's been wrong, but I think the way our country is going at the moment, I think it's probably been everything that's been done has been right. So hopefully it'll stay that way and, and we can all enjoy playing our game that we all love so much. Well, definitely. And for the, the Canterbury Open, you mentioned that the Canterbury Classic, obviously at the start of the year, had you know a real bumper entry level. Are you anticipating similarly good numbers for the event at the start of June? I would hope so. Uh, I would hope so, and I'd be very disappointed if we didn't. Um, you know, the average entry is around 70, 70-odd men, and I would be very, very glad, and I'm sure the club that's running it will be very glad too, that if we can get that many number, it would be great. Just be nice to get a few more ladies there, but, you know, um, we'll just see how it goes. It's, 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 up, to, it's up to the local people to try and support these tournaments when they're in their own town because as I said earlier on it's a great stepping stone to see where they are at mm. um, and you know it might give them that buzz to just want to carry on um, you know like we have a we have a consolation system within our um, ranking tournaments now which gives the uh, people that don't qualify for the main event to, for something to, to, to go for so yeah hopefully everything's looking up so it'll be good well hopefully and when it comes to the event, will you be looking to, to stream some of the games from the tournament? Well, that, that's our aim. Whether that, I don't know whether that'll happen here, but our big aim is when we have our nationals in uh, August, our Open this year is a silver tournament. But next year we want to get that to a gold. And mm. next year it'll be in Rotorua, which is the North Island. We get big entries up there. So our New Zealand Open in, at our nationals will be a gold next year, and definitely that would be something we were looking at. We've been looking at Dark Connect, and live streaming will be something that, um, yeah, uh, seriously, we will be looking at. So hopefully, may not be for the Canterbury Open, but um, hopefully further down the track, yeah, live streaming will be a must. So hopefully we can get, get that done. And Dark Connect as well for, for uh, NZDC events. Yes, hopefully uh, that's our... We're heading, heading that. We haven't got it yet, but we are heading in that line. Uh, I spoke to the um, the Dark Connect guy. I'm not quite sure what his name is in Romania when we're over there with the World Cup. And uh, yeah, it was a great system for that World Cup. And uh, yeah, it's certainly the way to go with Dark Connect and live streaming. Yeah, so we'll just see where we get to with in that side of it. Yeah. Hmm. And one thing I did want to ask in New Zealand: what is the the relationship like between you know, the New Zealand Darts Council and Dart Players New Zealand? Uh, there is no relationship, basically. Uh, we're an association, they're an organisation, so um, 
they were set up because that's the avenue that our players have to go through to get to the world, you know, the Ali Pali and uh, a lot of the uh, world tournaments, world cup tournaments throughout the year were from the PDC. So we don't have a relationship with them. Our players play in them, um, but we don't have any issue with that. So, but I know the guys that are running it. Um, but yeah, as far as the NZDC and the DPNZ go, no, we don't have no relationship with them whatsoever. I have to say, my eyes will be on New Zealand in a couple of weeks' time, and I'm sure you know you guys are really looking forward to it as well. So thank you very much for your time, Bob. No, that's very good. Thank you very much, Andrew. It's been great to uh, be able to give you a bit of an insight and you know, get our darts uh, out to the world. Very much, thank you. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it very much, and hopefully you know, the Kiwi contingent can come over to the World Masters later this year. Well, hopefully we can, and, um, you know... It was a bit of a shame that the World Cup was cancelled this year, but geographically, I don't think it would have would have been available to be held held anyway. Because, um, and we were asked uh, if we would be attending, and we told them basically that we wouldn't uh, with the current situation. So they made that decision early, which was great for us. So yeah, so hopefully we can get back. The world can get back to uh, to uh, travelling around, and we can start getting to some of these tournaments because our players are certainly missing it. Definitely. And uh, hopefully if all the events go off and you know, you're know you able to introduce the streaming and everything, we'll be able to get you back on the podcast later in the year. Yeah, hopefully you can. And uh, yep, we'll see how it goes. And thank you very much, Andrew, again for letting us uh, get our little organisation in New Zealand out there. It's great.